Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 364 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. It's live for me, Willie, and Kyle. It's not live for you. We tried our darndest. It's not going to happen. So this is the first ever episode of FRTD, Flow Wrestling Tape Delay Live. So, yeah. Um, I'm joined, as always, by my mainest man from the shores of the Atlantic Ocean, Willie Sailor. What's up, buddy? Not much. Got in late last night. Got in late last night. Uh, there's that strip of Virginia and Delaware where there's like, the speed limit's like 50 miles for, 50 miles an hour for like 80 miles. It drives me bananas. Well, you don't go you know 50 anyways. I, no, I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm not on those roads often. I do uh, because Holmes once got a ticket on that. I was with him. <laughs> Scar- yeah. There's cops everywhere at Virginia Beach. You have to be, yeah. Don't don't be. You can't be in Pittsburgh mode, Willie, or you'll get a, you'll get another citation. <laughs> okay. So, all right. Well, it's interesting because we already did the opening to this show. We had a good five minutes in, and then Travis, the main man in the back, was like, "Hey, you got to kick it to something. We're having <laughs> we're having server issues." I was like, "Okay, we're." We'll kick it to a word from our not sponsors because we have no sponsors. So we're doing kick this. Kick it to ex- somebody. Who are you going <laughs> to? Kick it. Oh, kick it to Bob Costas who's in the field today. <laughs> There's no one to kick it to. We just kicked it to darkness. But regardless, um, that was a fun little exercise. But what I said previously in that um, that portion of the show that will never be seen by anyone is that we spent a lot of Tuesdays FRL discussing about the high-level FRL stuff, you know, Penn State and the NCAA Finals and the Fix Soriano fiasco and horrible refs and their horrible rules and how they must hate the sport, blah, blah, blah. But there's a lot we didn't get into. And uh, so I think this will be a good show for that. We missed the Wrestling Nomad. He may have sabotaged all of this because – Nomad is so paranoid that we're going to talk about 2020 team race without him as though this will be the only show where that's discussed. But he mentioned it several times before he left. He's what in route he to Virginia. He, he just is paranoid that we're going to talk about it and he's not going to be there for the discussion. He's so scared that he's going to miss out on this on, will, on 2020 team race. Even though we talk about 2020 team race. He'll probably never get a chance. Yeah. yeah. He'll probably never get a chance to discuss 2020. <laughs> So he also uh, called me this morning uh, to remind you not to talk about team race. No, to ask where the hotel was. And I had to inform him that he didn't book his hotel. So there's that. Well, who's in your room? Me. Well, Ollie's coming. Oh God. I I sent him, I sent him the screen. I sent him the hotel information two months ago, man. All right. Well, let's talk a little more housekeeping. Okay. So let's talk about uh, a few things. I want to talk about some team performances, overperform, underperform. I want to talk uh, seeding because, uh, you know, that was a huge discussion coming in. And 63 of the 80 seeds uh, placed, which is pretty good as a reference point. Spay, myself, and my son got 62 out of 80 with five champions, which Spay informed us is the best you can possibly do mathematically. So that was... It checks out. It checks out. Yeah, I know. I didn't believe him at first, but then he showed me the numbers, and he was exactly right. There is You cannot do better. So that was exciting to learn. Um, 
So, but what's interesting is while the seeds did pretty well, what were the things we were mad about? Mason Paris, Deacon, yeah. Shakur Rashid. Those are the ones I remember being particularly like perturbed about. And Desi for sure. Um, Desi yeah. kind of made the Mason Paris thing happen, right? So, and and those things, it kind of reared, it kind of played out uh, in a way we thought, now I didn't think Shakur was going to lose to Chip Ness by any means. And I, um, Although I did think there was a good chance Mason would not place, but um, thoughts on on the seeds overall, Willie? Um, I think they held up pretty good. Uh, where they didn't, um, I don't think it was a seeding issue. But okay, here here's the thing: Shaq didn't deserve. Shaq didn't have the wins to be the two. Mm-hmm. And that being said. Um, not taking away anything from anyone, um, but he didn't look right. He didn't look like he didn't look like the right version of himself. So that's a little. While he didn't deserve the two, um, I don't think you can point to that and say, "See, he he's not that good." Well, but, but that's the problem. I don't. That's I, the problem when Willie. I'll I'll uh, just a quick counterpoint. Go back and watch that Chip Ness match. He he fought off this takedown so unnecessarily hard and put himself on his back, or if he just turns down, he's still up by one. It, it, was a, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a body issue. He made a really poor wrestling decision that he could have won the match. Against a game, Chip, Chip won the next round too, right? So I, I thought, yeah. I, I, I don't know, man. I thought that there's... We, we we approximate that Shakur's maybe a little better than he is, is, is my point. And that was a tactical error. It was not something his knee made him do. No, I, I know. I know. I, listen, if if Chip Ness beats the best version ever of Shakur Rashid, I'm not I'm not surprised. You know, Ness is a gamer. He's he's done it before, he's having some big wins. Um I just mean in the just in the body language and stuff. Like, even when he came back for Embry, I was like, this dude ain't right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I didn't think he looked, I didn't think he looked right from um, a wrestling ability or or a fatigue or, a, or a, like an in shape, especially against Embry. He didn't look like he was in shape. But um, anyway, I guess we can agree to disagree on that. I just, I, I think, I think Shaq is a bit of an outlier. Sure. Uh, when it comes to the, when it comes to the seeds, uh, and so they held up for the most part. Paris was the five. You know, we knew he probably wasn't wasn't the fifth best kid in the country. Um, you know that the you know, Mackay made the finals as an eight seed, but I think he was I think he was seeded right. I just think the schedule the schedule was. Such that I mean I don't think you can look back and say wow the seeding committee really got it wrong on Makai's seed, right? Yeah, no, I mean I don't think anyone ever complained about Makai's seed before or after. He was the eight. He lost to Flynn and Isaiah White, and his wins weren't that great. So he was a deserved eight, and he turned it on when it when it truly mattered. And he didn't have that many opportunities against elite guys because they went to Vegas, and then they don't do scuffle Midlands. Well, they they sent a. Pretty full team to scuffle. That's true. He Him didn't and go. Zavatsky were just like the 
two big ones missing there. Yeah, that would have been interesting because that would have had Chinzo and Marsteller in the mix. So, okay, that was seeds. I don't know what else there is to say. 63 of the 80 hit. What, one thing that's of note, you know, the seeding all 33, it's kind of interesting because on the one hand, they seed all, they've seeded all 33 all along, right? But they've only plopped in the top 16 in years prior. But now they seed all 33, and you kind of, it's, there's less chaos because you're not having a Kennedy Monday drawing the two seed anymore. But at this, it's so, it's getting seeded, right? And it's more equitable and fair to the good seeds. But you do miss that like day one chaos where a real Buto loses to Weatherspoon, where Lavalley loses to Monday. We did have Shakur losing, but that was in round two. So I don't, I don't know what the trade off there is. I mean, I know what the trade off is. Do you want yeah. chaos on day one or do you not? I remember uh, going out to eat after the first session of the first day or whatever it was, and we were like, we we're like, okay, what, what just, let's, let's recap, what's, what, what happened? We're all sitting there talking about it. It was like, pretty much went according to plan. Yeah, you know, it, it really did, and which is fine. You know, that's fine, right? We ended up, we got the fire later on. There's still plenty yeah. of major upsets and crazy storylines and stuff. But uh, I, I think it is a more fair, equitable situation for, for the top seeds that earned, you know, they earned, uh, I mean, other than Marinelli getting Joe Smith, which is just a completely different situation because of the, the season that Joe Smith had. And I think that's that's what we're talking about, Willie, the, um, yeah, let's, the late let's Oklahoma State lineup State. shift. Uh, so – we talked about it basically all year, Oklahoma State's lineup, because in flux the majority of the year and in question the majority of the year. What are they going to do with Joe Chandler, Jacoby, Dakota Gear? And when Weigel came back, it shoved everyone down, which I obviously, if you can get Weigel in your lineup, you definitely do that, right? But mm-hmm. what, what it did was it forced Chandler Rogers out of the lineup, who was wrestling well. Jacoby Smith was wrestling really well at 184, and they moved him down. Um, and really, other than the 26 seed Dakota Gear uh, placing seventh, that they don't well, have much. Clear, to, they don't have much to show for it. Right. Let's be clear. It's not like they can point. It's not like anybody can point to Dakota Gear and say, "Hey, Oklahoma State got a 26 seed on the podium." I mean, he was right. a 26 seed because of the shift, like because he didn't have the data. Of course. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Gear's better off at 84, sure, at least this year. Uh, Weigel is better than Gear at 97 this year, so that made sense. Um, you know, Joe – now, it's easy It's easy to say Joe didn't have lungs against Marinelli, but um, – he's Not just Marinelli. That match. Yeah, right. Uh, Joe didn't have his lungs. Um which is not ideal, especially when you, your first match is going to be against Alex Marinelli or your second match. But, uh, you know, it could, we knew that it could come back to bite him. And it's sort of. Oh, boy. This show is officially cursed. It's cursed. It's cursed. Are you back? Oh, boy. We yeah, lost you for a second there. All right. Talk about oh. his lungs. Well, I mean, Joe didn't have his lungs, which isn't ideal. And but I don't think, I I, I don't think you can look at the thing and say it. I mean, Jacoby just didn't show up. Like, I I don't know. 
I don't know how you can say it's the shift. I mean, well, he, he, he got he got woodshedded by Labriola, and then he lost to the thirty-three. Uh, I didn't think he got woodshedded by Labriola. I thought that was competitive for a portion of it. I could be completely misremembering. Um, eight four. That's not quite a woodshed. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, I mean, third period there was. I mean, Labriola put it away. He almost lost to Drew Hughes first round. That was well. Well, they oh put him God. under. They put him under Drew Hughes. I, I just don't understand some of these positional choices these coaches make. I don't make. understand why they went down. I don't understand why they went down against Drew Hughes. It's like you can walk into that match and say, as long as you don't go on bottom, I'm good here. But they went down. They went and then Cade in the third period in the blood rounds, ride and shoot. And... It's one of those things, certainly, certainly one, not two. And what do you, I mean, just cut him. He's not going to take it down. Well, uh, do you, you want to talk I about mean, what happened there? <laughs> With, that happened right in front of us. Why, why Kate didn't cut him? Well, John told him to ride him. Yeah. John told him to ride him. That's what, I, that's what I'm getting at. It's yeah. like, I didn't agree with that decision. But, yeah. uh. Yeah. It was crazy. It was right. It was the mat right in front of us. It was wild because John said, Espo said, cut him. John said, hold him down. And he got reversed to his back. Now, I mean, don't get reversed, obviously. But man, Shoop, Shoop is a mat wrestler through and through. Cade is a neutral wrestler. And towards the end there, it was just trying it looked like Cade would just be able to take him down at will. Uh, the, the, it was, it looked like the match was there to, to be won for Cade. So, now, but we were talking about fair, the shift, right? Yeah, Cade does some stupid things sometimes. Oh, but, yeah. yeah, no question. That that can't be he he. Uh, Cade's immensely talented and excellent, but he just does have tactical issues sometimes. Um. Yeah, but the shift, you know, I, you know, Weigel made it look good. Gear made it look good. Jacoby didn't show up, and Joe. I don't know if Joe had the best draw in the world. Um, I don't think he's placing. I don't know if he would have A eight anyway. No, well that's that's my that's my point. Like he didn't have seven minute lungs. Period. And I know he had them at one seventy four. I watched him at the scuffle. Woodshed. Yeah. He annihilated McFadden, and he went seven minutes strong against Mark Hall to the point where as soon as it was over, we're like. Holy cow, Joe Smith is a title contender at 174. And he was not that at 165. He was a completely different being. Now, he was trending the wrong way at the end, at 174 towards the end of the season as as it was. So it could have yeah. been something else going on. But he was just not not up to form. Yeah, um you would think, I don't know. You would think that at 165 he would have like better lungs because it's not like unless he made the cut hard on himself I mean he had some junk in the trunk to lose right it's not like he's it's not like he was skin and bones yeah I don't know so the I, um, I mean at the end of it all it's easy to to Monday morning quarterback it but at the same time you make the decision because you you think it'll make your lineup better and it didn't do that it, it I, I, I if they roll out like I, you know what Chandler, Joe Smith, and Jacoby at eighty four, and then DeGear's just on the outside looking in. I think it's a better. I think it. I don't think you can argue that's a better result. It could have been. It could have been. I think you know. 
Oh, we said that when it happened, didn't we? Yes. But anyway, I think I think a couple things happened. I think Weigel really put a monkey wrench in things because they had planned for him to not be back. Right. And then he he said, uh, according to what I know, he said, "Yeah, I'm, you know, I want to do it. I want to do it this year, and then I'm done." Yeah. Uh, so that that kind of threw a curveball in things, and you know, we say he doesn't. We say Joe didn't have seven minute lungs, and it looked very plain to me that that was the case. But he he won the wrestle off. You know, he had seven minute lungs in the room. I don't know. Yeah, I I wonder what, what were the weigh-in scenarios with that. What was the how comparable was, I was that to? Told, a- I was told that they made him make weight like four times a week really holy cow yeah i don't know i mean he did win the and and yeah he won the wrestle off that's for sure um but yeah it it was just you know it was a huge discussion we never see that happen at d1 wrestling that late in the year so it was one thing that was going to be evaluated post ncas whether it did great whether it did bad Plus minus Christian, at, like at one point, Oklahoma State, it looked like things were really bad for him during the tournament. And then, I mean, they took third. They took third. I mean, they were they probably third th- ranked over, third, and they got third. Exactly right. They, they took third over Iowa, who had, I mean, I had how many AAs? They have six. Six. Set, six and yeah, one in the blood round. So. Um, you're beating the team with six AAs. That's pretty good. Um, overall, I thought it was pretty even performance. I mean, Gear wrestled well. Yeah, Gear Gear did have a nice tournament. Um, Wilkie didn't make round of twelve. I thought he did for some reason. He lost a no. He got pinned by Parker. Uh, okay, so that was Oklahoma State. Other team thoughts. Man, Iowa State had a nice showing. Two All Americans with Deegan and Miklas, and they had two others in the blood round with Gomez and Colbray. And they're going to be an interesting team next year with David Carr coming in and Gomez, Colbre, and Deegan back. Of course, they lose Miklas. But, hey, man, you know what? Just, just in uh, in a year, two years, Coach Dresser doing a great job there. I mean, no shade, no shade to the previous regime, but you have to cite this to tip your cap to Dresser and his staff because Sammy Colbre was a mess. And now he's really good. I mean, yeah. he's, if you want to say how how do they coach guys, how do they develop guys, how do they um, where's show me some evidence? Look no further than Sammy Colbert. Yeah, and and honestly, I it's uh the Deegan Deegan placing this year is not super stunning because of the year he had, but but coming into the year and coming and just as a recruit in general for when he was a recruit at Virginia Tech. I didn't think this was a guy that would be on the podium as a sophomore. He's a sophomore. I thought, man, this is a project and a half here. And, dude, he's got a crazy game. He's really fun to watch. He does some interesting stuff. It's and really and they fi- they made it work. Really fun to watch. What, was he – Was oh, no, he wasn't blood round last year. Was he their only yeah, he qualifier was. He last was. year? No, he was oh, he was. No, he was blood round last year. He was their only qualifier and then almost placed. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, unconventional. I, he's like must must watch. 
Yeah, he does some crazy stuff. So, uh, great job there by them. Uh, who else did really good? Obviously, we're talking about What's their about ceiling next year, Christian? Well, with – here, let's think about it like this. This year they were 16th with 32 points. They lose Miklas's points. But if you hypothesize that David Carr can make up for those points and maybe a little more because 157 is not going to be great. I mean, 157 loses a lot of yeah. heat. Loses Pantelio, loses Nolf, loses Berger. Um, so oh my he's he's gonna be right in there. So I think I just thought I saw I just thought I saw what if I mean there's there's stuff floating around about Gomez wrestling for Mexico. Oh yeah, we oh. Uh, we know you love that topic. Oh all right, I, sorry. I thought you were asking about Iowa State singling. Those all right. Um, so I think I think they could threaten the top ten potentially. But they were 16th this year, and they lose Miklas's points. So I think probably 10 to 15 is where they'll ultimately fall because I don't see any other. Now, one other guy that could maybe step up for him, Ian Parker, had a really poor end of his season. If he can get, I don't know if it was health or just wrestling poorly, if he can get it together, they'll be, they'll be, uh, they'll be all right next year. But I don't see many other guys that can contribute major points. Yeah. Well, I, I was saying – Gomez, I don't know if he takes an Olympic. Oh. Well, when you're automatically on the team. What weight's he going for the Olympics? 57? I don't know. He could probably pick his spot as long as he doesn't, uh, you know, 65 picos there. Oh, you got to go down to 57 because we have all these fake Mexicans want to wrestle for Mexico. They're Americans. (laughs) They're not Mexicans. They don't live in Mexico. Tell Trump to build a wall to keep our talent in here. <laughs> no, I don't mean it like that. I just mean they're Americans wrestling for another country. I don't want that. I want Gomez trying to make the Olympic team here. Sebastian Vera said he wants to wrestle for Puerto Rico. I'm, I don't like that, Sebastian. You're an American, like dog. That. You're from New Jersey. <laughs> You're from New Jersey. That's in the United States. Wrestle for the United States. No shortcuts. It's a shortcut. You don't have Puerto Rican pride. You're an American. If you could make the American team easily, I'm sure you would all do it. But it's easier. You know what so we that, do. that's why they're Willie. It's so antithetical to the sport. You are just finding this easy path. Find the hard do. one. Do you want to be an Olympic champion, or do you just want to make a team? Is it about making a team, or do you want to be an Olympic hey. champion? If you want to be an Olympic champion, we you know. have to be the best in the country you live in. We know it. We, I, hey, listen, I love when you go a little passion out of piles, but uh, we know where you stand on it. I'm, I'm pretty much – but what, maybe she, we should break – like, remember, remember when the Soviet Union broke up? Maybe we should just, for wrestling purposes only, divide the country up into, like, four sectors. And we get, like, four Olympians. That would be better. That would be better than this pathetic alternative. And I'm sorry. It's not personal against any of those guys. The whole Cliff Keen Wrestling Club, love those guys. I'm just saying, you're all Americans. You're Americans. Da- David Habit, you're an American. Who are the Amins going to wrestle for? Oh, who knows? Oh, the Amins are, are defecting? Yes. Everyone's leaving. Jeez. Hey, how about this? Oh, the Amins, one of their, their father was a Olympian, <laughs> or the grandfather was an Olympian for somewhere overseas, foreign. Hey, what if, listen, San Marino. Here. 
This also That's not a country. <laughs> San Marino's not a country. I'm pretty sure that's a county in California. What the heck is San Marino, Willie? They're the first ever freestyle wrestlers to represent San Marino at the European Championships. No, 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 no. You guys are being serious about this? Yes. What is San Marino? Oh, I'm telling you, Willie, everyone, all the entire wrestling community is is investing in 23andMe and doing all this ancestry stuff, seeing how can I tie myself to some obscure country that can I can wrestle in the Olympics for. It's horrible. It wasn't like this four years ago. Now everyone is, is digging into their, their ancestry and their great-great-great-aunt who's from Ireland or something crazy so they can wrestle for this far-flung country that they're not from, probably never even been to, never lived in, but that's who they're going to represent. That's the anthem they want to hear. He wants to hear the San Marino National Anthem when he's an Olympic champion. That's what you want to hear. Do they even have a national anthem? They don't. Probably they not. Don't yes, they do. Well, I can it. play it right here if I want to. It's on Wikipedia. Play it so I can sit down during it. I might play kneel it. during this one. <laughs> that's what you. This is what the Amins are want to hear. What is, is that on a xylophone? Somebody I don't know. It's just some. All right, stop playing this trash. Golly. San Marino National Anthem. <sighs> hey, it's an enclaved microstate surrounded by Italy. <laughs> <laughs> An enclaved <laughs> microstate. I can't wait to represent this enclaved microstate at the Olympic Games. I'm going to be the first Olympian from the Vatican City. That's a population <laughs> of 33,000. 33,000, a.k.a. Parkersburg, West Virginia. Congrats. Literally. On hey, follow me here. Follow me here, though. Cliff Keen Wrestling Club. Everybody on the Cliff Keen Wrestling Club wrestles for a different country. Now, riddle me this. Adam Kuhn goes to space yeah. as an astronaut. He, he comes back as the first Olympian for from Neptune. Mars. I think he'll be Neptune. Yeah, for sure. Um, probably so. Everyone's Everyone figure out where you can be from and then wrestle for that country. It's amazing. Um, okay, sorry. End rant until someone brings it up again. I'm gonna get fired up. Frickin' San Marino. Give me a break. All of them. It's not personal. You guys are good guys. You're good wrestlers. I don't dislike you. I dislike the thing. I don't like it. And if you're mad at me, be mad at me. Alright, I don't even know what we were talking about. Frickin' San Marino. Uh, other teams. Cornell next year going to be really, really good because they're going to have basically everyone back plus well, is, is, plus is Ben Darmstadt. Is he ought to, uh, Yeah. I mean, did he even like show adverse effects of the cut at any point? No. I'm not suggesting he's not. I'm just asking. Well, I just I think with Chaz and um, Yanni, right, it's just like they're going to go make a push. Now, now let me know, Willie. Do they have any other talent coming in that could potentially – we know Ben Darmstadt. He's the GOAT. He's probably going to win a chip next year. But uh, who else? Like, they recruited – first of all, is Honus a senior? Was he a senior? Yes, he was. I thought for some reason he the, was a junior and could go heavyweight so next year. Honus was the only road warrior. Lost first round, came all the way back. Wow. Um, but yeah, so they don't lose much. I mean, they might gain with Darmstadt. Um, what do they have coming in? They recruited like 10 174 pounders, like 65 to 84. 
They got Mason Renich. They got Julian Ramirez. Um, Andrew Marola will come off whatever that's called, the red shirt or gray shirt or whatever. Um, there's a couple of, of them in there. Uh, Is Foca so going there? De- Foca, yep. Um, they have Luis Fernandez, two-timer from um, Jersey, a Flow National Champ. They got Cardenas. Mm. They basically so, got all of Jer- they just they got New Jersey, <laughs> all of New Jersey. Okay, all right. So, well, here's gonna... the thing, Christian. This is why 2020 is so uh, interesting to me. I mean, does Yanni redshirt? Yeah. Wh- what? That's what I'm so curious to to consider, and I want to talk about it right now. Um, are you doing the minutes, buddy boy? <laughs> yes, I'm doing the minutes. Thanks. Somebody asked. Somebody asked at the press conference. <laughs> The first question of the press conference, or at least the first one I heard, was somebody asked Yanni about the portal. Yeah. What do you think of the portal? Like, <laughs> why would you ask that to Yanni? He's not going nowhere. He ain't going anywhere. Uh, yeah. So, who should take red shirts? I mean, it. That's what's gonna be so interesting for the team race next year. It's like, are any of these Penn State dudes gonna take Olympics? Like Mark, Mark Hall. Will Vincenzo Joseph try for one? You know, no, Nomad kind of went insane with a uh he thinks they're either gonna be horrible or amazing next year i think there's a i don't think there's any way the lineup that he hypothesized to me yesterday is the one they put out one that was like involved basically no blue chippers from 25 up um so i don't see that coming um gimps here gimps talking about would you tell him we're doing a show just let him know (laughs) well huh sorry oh my gosh hey we're doing a show yeah, tell him to put oh, some shoes on. <laughs> he listen. He has flip flops on. Okay, classic. He's classing it up for once. So I don't know what Penn State's gonna do next year, but I I gotta figure they're not gonna do another punt year like they did in 2015. I think they're gonna have a a quality team that's able to compete for titles. Now they could redshirt RBY, Nick Lee, well, Mark Hall, all those dudes. The thing is, the thing is. If they have if they have those six years, they can't punt. I mean, they they can't fully punt. That's what I'm saying. I mean, because it's it's the last it's the last call for Kassar and Rashid and Connell. And, and the word um, is circulating that Shakur and Kassar both got their yeah. Olymp or not Olympics. Their six years. Yeah, I saw somebody tweeted that, but has that been determined yet? I mean, I don't know. Kassar said in his interview. It, he would know by the end of the semester. Hmm. So maybe it should be soon, officially. Who do you think should take Olympic redshirts? Are they are they actually necessary? Who took them last uh, four years ago? I can't recall any. I can't recall any big names that took them. I don't remember any. Okay. No more Olympic redshirt talk. Let's go. All right. Maryland is open, and. A lot of speculation about who's going to be getting that job. We haven't talked much about it. But the word at NCAAs was uh, Scott Moore. The There's something where, well, one, Scott Moore is incredibly deserving. He's doing an amazing job at Lock Haven. Look what he's done with that program. Kyle Shoup, Chance Marsteller, Ronnie Perry last year. Uh, one. Two, the... Someone on the like the search committee or an AD at Maryland was a former administrator at Lockhaven, so there's that connection to begin with. And even without that connection, I think Scott Moore, if is if he's interested, is 
kind of one of the best candidates around, provided, you know, a Casey Cunningham and et cetera. Those types are not interested, which I don't believe that they are. Otherwise, they should be hired and already in College Park. So I think Scott Moore is going to be the next head coach at Maryland. If I had to make a prediction, that would be my prediction. I feel like that's going to happen. Um, some other names floating around, Willie? Um, Esposito. Uh, I heard it's going to interview. Um, I believe, I believe Tony Ramos. Um, who else? There's one other. There was one other guy that. Uh, oh, Beckerman. Beckerman. Oh yeah, Beckerman was one of the first names we heard. Beckerman would be a good yeah. choice from Maryland. Was on staff there during the Santora era. Santoro era, I want to say. Yeah, um, you know yeah, I believe in too. Todd. Oh really? Mm-hmm. I believe in Todd Beckerman. I think he, you know, he got all the pieces to be a, to be a good head coach. The only thing uh, Brown is going to announce a, like a major endowment soon, so uh, th- that's like, <laughs> you know, it'd be it'd be interesting to get this major endowment and then have to and then leave <laughs> for another job. But uh, uh, anyway, it's good for Brown. But I, I think there's a lot of quality candidates. I think Esposito. Um, Esposito with his pedigree and his ties to Jersey I mean that can be a really cool thing Um, um, it's it's going to be one of those you know there's a couple of you know we had some coaching changes the last couple years Iowa State Wisconsin where okay it's they're kind of a mess but there's some stuff there to work with there's some parts right you've got a colbray and a gomez and a deegan or, or he wasn't there but regardless grimmel uh and with wisconsin you have wick and hilger and some guys they got i mean do they have anything maryland well it, it seems like know, nothing interesting. And, it's interesting you say that because um you know ncaa's lucas bird uh was talking to me and and he was saying you know what you know what do you think I should do and 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 I'm thinking about you know looking other places and I asked Carrie for a release and now we know he got it. Um, this is crazy. That is crazy to me. It's like when guys what? didn't. <laughs> it's like when guys didn't uh, at Iowa State where you're like, oh, Kevin Jackson's not here. Well, I'm out. It's like that program was not doing well. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, I Kerry McCoy's a great guy, but they well, are not good. Lucas, and they do not develop Lucas talent well. Lucas bought into. I feel he really bought it. I mean, he he went there for, for Kerry. You know, he really liked Kerry. But uh, anyway, the point is, I said, Luke, you know, uh, they're probably going to get a really good coach. Well, yeah. whoever it is is going to be really good. So. Um, if you want to explore your options, I understand that, but maybe, you know, see who they hire first or something. And uh, he's not like signed or like, anything, is he? He was signed. He was hundred oh, wow. percent signed, but he asked Kerry for a lease and Kerry gave him the release two days ago. Uh, actually either, either Monday night or Tuesday morning he gave it to him. Um, <laughs> of course oh, he did. what does he care? But I think it's, I think it's the right thing though. Right. I mean, Luke. Luke went there for him. Um, but the, the point in all this is, to, to, to get to your point, is that Luke said, yeah, they could get a really good coach, but who, who's my workout partner going to be? 
No, uh, I mean, they don't. They don't have. Uh, Luke, <laughs> what are your workout partners going to be anyways? You going to drill with Carrie? True. I mean, true. True. Why don't that, they, that didn't you, that didn't okay, it, it, that might not have changed, Christian? But it's still a fair point. Yeah. Um, okay. Enough Lucas Bird talk for one show. Um, I think it's time we, we kick it to Kyle Bracky. It's time for Kyle Bracky's Alien Hour. Can we get can we get a close up of, of Bracky here? So this one um, comes from uh, Ryan Hawkinsmith, who we met at NCAA's. Mm. Um, but he tipped me off to this, and uh, you know, a lot of times on Alien Hour, we don't we don't talk enough about aliens. It's you know, humanoids, yeah, or some kind of other other cryptids, creature. yeah. Uh, but this one is pretty interesting. Uh, so it's called Fast Radio Burst. Okay, so these scientists, FRBs, yes, exactly, FRBs, have been uh, picking up on on radio telescopes have been picking up. Uh, millisecond long flashes of energy from deep space. Whoa. Yeah. What could that mean? It could mean a lot of things. <laughs> so it could just be they, <laughs> it's natural sources in space, uh, black holes, or there's another, um, there's life out there in a galaxy that we have yet to discover. So there's Breaking. undiscovered galaxies potentially. Well, no, no. We know the galaxies are there, but there could be life in those galaxies. Because there's no other explanation for this burst of communication. No, I just gave you a couple that it could be. Right, right. But that would be Black one of them. Farted. Right. Um, but they've been getting these more frequently. So, like, in August of 2017, they got 21 of them in, like, a little five-hour period. Oh, boy. Yeah. Are they getting closer? Yeah. Now, Willie, do you believe in aliens? <laughs> I think you're a moron if you don't believe in aliens. <laughs> really? He said that on the show before. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't believe in aliens? No. Where, where's the? You believe no... in this? What? I, no, <laughs> I do not believe in aliens. How can you not believe in aliens? Well, like, I uh... I'm not. I'm like. I guess I'm open, but like, I don't know what. I feel like we would know about it. We have a we have pretty sophisticated technology. Um, if they were out there. Wouldn't we know? Did you see that video going around on Twitter a few we weeks have, ago we just, like, showing how small Earth is? Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. So would it shock you if we didn't know if something was out there? I mean, listen, just play the odds. The, the, the universe is a freaking huge place, and you think you think one one rock has— Well, just think about— oh, It's the only place— just think about our universe. There's, there's no there's no living things on any other planets in this solar system. Is that not I mean, when you think about that perspective, that's crazy. And there's no life on any of those, right? No, yeah, but like our solar system is one of like a gazillion. Yeah, number I know. One. Number two, number two, they find a new species every day on Earth. That's true. I don't know. I feel like we'd know. So radio Kyle, Kyle, flash where burst. Where are you at on this? I'm with you, Willie. They're they're out there. I don't agree. The truth is out there. Um, they're out there, <laughs> meaning the aliens. Um, but it was cool that this. this so the, uh, these fast radio bursts being picked up by these scientists, who it's like a hundred million dollar operation, what they're doing. Um, but the radio telescope that picked up all those fast radio bursts. Uh, in t 2017 was in West Virginia. 
Oh my gosh. Green Bank, West Virginia. Where's Green Bank, West Virginia? Green Bank is right on the Virginia Green border. Bank. Oh, Green Bank. Yeah. Green right. Bank sounds like a weed festival. <laughs> <laughs> but no, these scientists are like like the one guy who was leading the studies from oh. Cal Berkeley. Wow. All right. Well, I don't know. There's no danger in, in this one. This one uh this one falls what, but flat for me. Didn't Ryan Hawkinsmith also try to put you on some Bigfoot thing in New York or something? Or oh, yeah. He he sent me, like, three stories to explore FRL. But I thought this one was cool just because uh, it's one that we can follow up on at a later time. And there's going to be more developments yeah. in it because the study is ongoing. Did Flash Radio Burst knock out the servers for our show? Probably. Now, that oh – I actually can – I can get with that theory. We've done this show live for I don't I've know been, how many years straight. I've been exposing too many uh, humanoids, too many oh, the tr the truth on too many creatures, and they're trying to silence me. It's like Mel Gibson and conspiracy theory. Now they're coming after you. Exactly. You've stumbled onto their plot. Now that now the next thing, just wait. There's going to be a campaign, a smear campaign, to make him look like a crazy person. <laughs> Everyone's gonna they're gonna try to lock up Kyle Brackey. Because he's exposing the truth. And that will be our first sign that he's really onto something. Okay. Solid alien hour um, from actual aliens. And uh, I hope they're not like the ones from Independence Day because those were some bad dudes. <laughs> you seen that movie, <laughs> Willie? <laughs> those guys. Yes, I did. They had some bad Christian, intentions. But, you're, try but you're, you're, you're making the caricature of this. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, sorry. You just don't. Sorry, I'm not taking you this seriously believe. enough. No, you not really. Believe. I don't. I don't believe big time. Hey, um, okay. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we kick it from one segment to another? Let's go to some cues from F's because we didn't get any Tuesday. We've got some from today and some from Tuesday, so I feel like we're, we we owe them that. Since especially since we weren't live, Kyle wasn't able to yell at anyone on Facebook this entire show. Or like half a last show either, because Facebook crashed on this last show. The, all right, I'm in. Flash radio bursts. Yeah. There, there's no other explanation for uh, our server issues. I don't even know what that was a server issue. That was Facebook. We'll blame Facebook for that one. Facebook was shutting me down. Facebook was jamming me up. Jamming me up, because we were working on YouTube and Twitter, yeah. right? All right, well, who knows what it was. So let's go to some questions from friends. Um, Pete Saylor, who I believe is Willie's uncle. Is that your uncle? Yeah. All right, Uncle yeah. Pete. We'll call him Uncle Pete. What do you? All right, we already Uncle talked about Pete. that one. Sorry, I just want to say he asked a question. What do you think of the NCAA tournament seeds now? They still messed up where we said they messed up, but uh, ultimately everything was fine. He's actually Mark Bader's father-in-law. Mark Bader's father-in-law, the grandfather to Bella Bader. That's sweet angel. All right, Bubba two two. <laughs> but does PSU get a champ next year? Over under point five. Who you got? Yes, they're going to get a champ next year. I don't know who or how. I mean, Mark Hall somehow or Vincenzo gets it right. Kassar. Kassar kind of won last year, so I would say him. They will have a champion next year. All right. Yeah, we'll, somewhere, somehow. Somehow, some way. Okay, uh, if you had to pick between – Bo Nickel and Jaden Cox, who wins a spot for 92 at the 2019 trials? Well, Brad Cravens, wrestling fan 168. I will say 
Jaden Cox because he's the returning world champion, and I've seen him do it. I haven't seen Bo Nickel wrestle freestyle in over a year, and while I think he's awesome, and I think that folk style match is maybe a little more interesting than freestyle, I will pick Jaden Cox. Now, what is interesting is it sounds like Bo might be going 97 this year, which I don't necessarily understand, uh, but maybe it makes sense in that, hey, he's trying to, try to make an Olympic team. That's the Olympic weight he feels like he's going to go. They don't want him at 86, I guess, with the David Taylor dynamic, so go 97. Yeah, I mean, to me – to me, as a fan, I'd like to see him go 92 and see what it looks like with Jaden Cox, basically because I give better odds against Jaden um, than I do against Kyle. But um, it might be the right thing for him to get big, stay big. I mean, if feel feel Kyle, feel the, the other 97s, right? Yeah. It, it, I, I know it's not just because of what Bull, you know, Bo's – He's tall. He's kind of skinny looking. Like he's clearly insanely powerful and strong for mm-hmm. for the weight. So I don't think it's that. But I just think, man, Kyle's coming down from two twenty five, two thirty. I think at that point, it's it matters a little bit. I could see him getting horsed around a little bit. But then again, have we ever seen him horsed around? Even when he wrestled Gabe Dean, he wasn't really horsed around. So I don't know. He might be unhorsable. We'll find out if he wrestles Kyle Snyder. Okay, someone asked about uh, Kassar and Shaq. Yes, we do think they're going to get theirs, and I would imagine Kyle Cannell will get his as well. Goose Noose, do you think Makai Lewis is next in line to be our 74 rep after Burroughs and Dake retire? Man, there's a lot of evidence that that is the case. Now, when do Burroughs and Dake retire? Are those guys done after 2020? I mean, it's interesting. I just I have not thought about life after Burroughs and life after Dake for Team USA yet. I've not considered that at all. Like the next generation, I'm just like, yeah, they're just gonna wrestle till till I die. They're just gonna be our reps forever. But that is gonna happen. I mean, Burroughs, I'm pretty sure is done after 2020. And you know, with Dake and his injury history, and I'm sure he's ready to maybe start the next phase at some point. Even though I think he could go another quad for sure. Yeah, um, so do I. And I hope he does. I really hope that he does, but I don't. I still know if he will. So, but yeah, I mean, I think if you have to look seventy four, because I'll, I'll say this: if I knew that Mark Hall could be a seventy four Olympic style guy, I would say him over Makai, just because he is as dynamic as he is in folk style. He's more dynamic in freestyle. His defense and his IQ is ridiculous. Ridiculous, and his parterre is phenomenal. He's got. Really good guts. Whereas Makai is amazing, but he's still a project, which is maybe the scary point and why maybe we should say he is one hundred percent the next guy in line. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I'll say yeah, but in that because I don't think Mark Hall's a seventy four, and if he was, then I I changed my answer to Mark Hall. But yeah, and, yeah, you're right. The scary thing is the kid wrestled his first freestyle tournament and won, and won, and then yeah, you know, was it his third freestyle tournament ever? He wins. World, worlds, and I mean, you just look at the list of junior world champions we've had in, in freestyle. They're all insanely good. So, as crazy as it is, he goes from the eight seed at NCAA's to is this the guy to replace Burroughs and Dake? But I don't think it's unrealistic. I really don't. Doug Fisher, 
Where does the Max Dean upset over Miles Martin rank among NCAA tournament upsets in the past? Um, man, it really is up there. I mean, it's yeah. just – I mean, talk about not entertaining the thought. Just not even entertaining Nobody. the thought. No. Uh, I can't – maybe this could be revisionist by me with, with – like, I don't know if it's even – uh, it may be a bigger upset than, than Metcalf Caldwell. Like, the magnitude of it is not as great. And maybe my perception is just, like, totally hindsight because of what Caldwell did. That's possible. But, man, I think in terms of who was giving him a shot, I don't think anyone gave Max Dean a shot. No, I mean, listen, Miles was among the biggest favorites. He... You know, you can look at it and say, well, it was only a one versus a five, but <laughs> if Miles could be higher than one, he was higher than one. I mean, he was a clear-cut favorite. And um, and I don't know. I think it's more shocking than Caldwell Metcalf. How's it stack up against, like, Kyle Canal last year against Colin Moore and, like, mm-hmm. Zeke Moisey against Thomas Gilman? Yeah, so... Because, like, those guys, like... Like, Dean was an All-American, but right. he'd been majored twice, and these guys just come out of nowhere. Yeah. No, it's interesting. So, with, like, with Colin Moore, at least Colin Moore had – I didn't see – of course I didn't see it coming. Kyle Cannell was so bad that year, and he was terrible at max. So, yeah, maybe that's up there because who would have seen this come? But at least, at least Colin Moore had some blemishes and had some moments where he didn't look great, and he lost to Machiavello late. Also, you know, Colin Moore was a freshman that was 44th on the big board. You know, Miles Martin is this top 10 guy, won a title as a true freshman, made the finals the year before, weight cleared out. I mean, it's much bigger than, than the others in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, I, I think so. And it, it, it just feels – I just – and not mentally prepared for that. Not that I had prepared for that, but yeah, Colin was a sophomore, and though he was the one seed, he had had some, had some moments. But yeah, maybe that. And with Moisey, oh, he's a sophomore. Yeah, he's, he was a sophomore last year. Because remember, he was third as a, a freshman. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't know where it ranks. It's really interesting because upsets are so the scenarios in which upsets happen are so mm-hmm. varied. Like Zeke. Zeke was a guy, and I was like, man, he could go on a run for sure. I, I always believe mm-hmm. Zeke was, like, as talented as anyone at any weight, right, in terms of skills. But, when he, I mean, part of it, we had a little ramp up. He beat Nashawn, right? He beat Nashawn before yeah. that, and he beat Clamara. So you knew he was hot. I, I think people thought he could beat Gilman going into that match as well as he was wrestling. Now, pinning him in a cradle in the first period, like, what the heck? Um so yeah, I don't know. That's that's about all I got. I yeah, guess. it would be it would be fun to look back. It's one of those questions that sort of puts you on the spot, and like you can't think of all of them. But it, it'd be fun to look back over the last twenty years of brackets and see. Um, we probably would be like, oh yeah, that one was pretty big. But I, I'm sure that Miles and 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 uh, Dean are way high up there. JB Colat asks, which senior who didn't win a national title ever? will surprise as a world team member in, in freestyle in the com- coming years. Think of someone like Joe Colon. But, um, you know, as far as seniors this year, I'm not sure. I know last year I really liked Machiavello at 92 as a potential guy who could make some waves uh, eventually. Yeah. 
But I'm not sure who would fit that criteria, uh, Willie. Who, who are some really good seniors that didn't win a title? Like, I don't see Berger as a guy who could do it. No. At 33, there weren't really any seniors of note. 41, I mean, McKenna, Yeah, I don't think that would be a surprise if he made a senior world team considering he was in Final X last year as a junior. Yeah, McKenna's, McKenna's <laughs> right up there. I mean, not a surprise, but never won a title. And Right. Certainly not Micah yeah. Jordan. He probably will never wrestle freestyle. You know, Alec Nick Green wrestled in Final X. Nick Green wrestled in Final X last year. He didn't place this year. Right. He was not healthy this time. Right. Um, I think Pantelio is interesting, especially if he finds some uh, interesting ancestry. I'm sure he could represent some country. Um, you know, um, if San Marino's involved. You know what? You know, another thing about Pantelio is that I think uh, is on his side. He, to me, is like a perfect size and build for that weight. Because a lot of times our, our college weights don't align very well with uh, 65 kilograms. And you I think, think he's Pantelli a 65. Is... Yeah. What? He couldn't hold 49. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, bro. He's, he's a, he's a, well, you think he's a 74? Well, he oh. said senior world team. I mean, yeah. Yeah. What am I thinking? I'm thinking 70, 70. Yeah. I'm thinking he's a perfect, he's a perfect in between for 70. That I agree with. I agree. He's perfectly for for seventy kilowatts. Uh, all right, Sam Herring. Which shout out to Sam Herring. Him and uh, the kid's name's Jude. Uh, I forget his last name. They started a podcast called Home Mad Advantage, and uh, I'm already a subscriber. I suggest you do the same. Man, did you listen to it? I didn't listen to it yet. I listened to both. It's really good. Um, Sam pointed out something. I mean, Sam, he really sees the sport at a really, really high level. And Jude is like a very, he's kind of, he's older. He's like a freshman in high school. Very, uh, they're both really well-spoken guys. It's really, it's really good. But the point I'm going to say here is I'm listening. They're talking about, they're going through the NCAA finals who won. And Jude asked Sam, hey, did you see this cradle coming? And Sam's like, no, I didn't really see that coming, but I did notice that when Vincenzo hit his stand-up against uh, Josh Shields, I thought he was a little sloppy with it and left his head too near his knee. And I was like, whoa. Like, I did not notice that. So I go back and I pull it up. And sure enough, he kind of tripods and he kind of seals and turns into the to Shields. And it's like, whoa, he did really have his head and it was like really would set up a nearside cradle. And... So he made that observation, and then sure enough, I didn't realize that happened. And he, I, there's no way it's revisionist history from from Sam. He definitely made that observation because no, there's no way to go back and remember. So they are making points like that. I'm like, these guys are insanely good for how young they are. So please uh, check it out. I think you're going to be, uh, you know, wrestling content. We're all starving for wrestling content when NCAAs are done. So um, I'm happy to give them a plug. Home at advantage. Please listen to that. But I don't know what the deal is with two-time champs beating 165 two-time champ, losing to freshmen or whatever. Um, I think it's just a coincidence that it that it's happened, and I think it's just maybe just more than anything, man, freshmen are ready, and 
there's no there's no locks in this game, right? Uh, people. <laughs> this one made me laugh from Mo Pierre three. People say Yanni is clutch, but does he really just revel in closing out seniors from ending their careers with national champions in the most heartbreaking way possible? <laughs> that is possibly true, because he did it to Dean, he did it to Bryce Meredith, and now he's done it to Joey McKenna, and those are three very painful losses. I mean, he, Dean Howe was winning late in that match, yeah. and he gave up a, a late escape and takedown and ride out, and then he gets a Bryce is winning in the third period, and he hits a counter takedown scramble to the cradle takedown, and then <laughs> McKenna, it's horrible. You know, it's very yeah. gut wrenching. He's winning late, and he gets taken down. So, it Yanni is a really nice guy. So if it came out that he just loves ending careers, I would be surprised. But there's a mount Yanni. There's mounting evidence that you like <laughs> crushing souls for seniors, and um. Yeah, right now I'm I'm leaning towards no, but maybe he's just got a little. He likes uh, inflicting a little bit of pain. Um, where do I predict Spencer Lee ends up on the all-time NCAA tournament point scoring list? Well, I don't know how many he scored this this year. I don't know what exactly he's at, but if Nolf is seventh, and he's not a four-timer, he was two one one one. I think it, he's got a shot at the top five. I don't know if he could get. David Taylor's because David had a had a pin 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 tech year which is so absurd um, but yeah I think he could be I think he could definitely be top five any questions in here uh, we should get you know we didn't go over the ones yesterday or Tuesday um, oh this is a great question probably none of us know the answer but I'll ask it anyways can Michich get an Olympic redshirt if he doesn't wrestle for Team USA do you know anything about that, Willie? I hadn't even considered that. I didn't think about it, no. He will have taken but two Olympic would, red shirts. Because he make, took one yeah, last It would year. make him the oldest wrestler in a long time. Well, what if Tanner Hall took one? Oh, my God. How old is Taylor? Tanner Hall <laughs> He's definitely year. older than Meechich. <laughs> He's definitely older than Meechich. Um <laughs> What? The funniest? Oh, my God. The funniest thing, there were so many things. We should just record... We should just take a tape recorder and and hit record and put it down between me and Piles during and Kyle uh, during NCAs because the stuff that is said is hilarious. But perhaps the funniest thing that was said was when Matt Finley is wrestling right in front of us and Piles goes, Piles goes, oh my God, Matt Finley, where did he take his Mormon mission, Gold's Gym? <laughs> Dude, he's preposterous dude looking. I was like, good. I yeah. I never seen him up close. That guy's absolutely shredded. Yeah, I think he did his uh, his Mormon mission at Gold's Gym in Haiti or something. He's preposterous looking. Um, Why don't we answer another thing. Question? Another thing that oh, was yeah. funny when when freaking I, I I legit was wondering. Like I didn't. This wasn't like I was just making a comment. Don Demas goes flying across the mat like throwing people. And I go, I looked at Kyle for real, and I was like, "What the heck was that?" Like it was like he was all over the place. He's like the Mothman. It's like she sprint, like the whistle blew, and it's you kind of your head's down, and you see it's like blur, go like 
13 feet across the mat. It's like, what the hell? Like, he goes, what the hell was that? That's <laughs> <laughs> Dom Demons trying to inside trip a dude halfway across the mat. It was hilarious. It was actually, I was dying laughing when you said that. It was like perfect delivery. Um, yeah, ask Casey's question. Casey Kreider, shout out Casey. Uh, prioritize these three things for NCAA's future. Edge stalling rules, reform, hands to the face reform, or a D1 program in Texas. Well, I'll say in terms of impact, I'll say get a D1 team right here in Austin, Texas, the university. That would be number one. That would be huge. Um, and be maybe we would all apply and see if we can get on staff there. Uh, number two, edge. Edge has got to be fixed. I think that's has more important. I, I I say that because I think the hands of the face thing is going to change. Like they're, that no got to go away. Th that has to happen. It's going to happen. So I'm like, that's that done. Go away. Listen, somebody, somebody, these officials, like they they, or the rules interpreter, whoever, they had to have a meeting and and say, you know what, this year, this year, hands to the face. Mm -mm. We ain't we ain't doing it. And, and it just caused this whole thing. It is so foreign to me. Like, uh, now it is this big, it's a huge part of every match. Yeah. Horrible. I mean, just call it when it's repeated. Just call it when it's egregious. Yeah. All right. Um, let me see if there's anything else before we go. Thank you guys for listening to a not live FRL. It's not the same when it's not live. I really, I could sense it. There wasn't this... This vibrancy, we weren't mm -hmm. getting this this feedback from people. I, I miss it truly. Oh, Todd Shavron, I like this question. Do does Dresser and Steiner both getting AAs in year two change the expectation ADs and boosters will now have for head coaches moving forward? I hope so. And uh, my thing is, so many of these programs just don't have expectations by and large. They're just like, don't get arrested, just get good grades and move on. And and yeah, if you but but yes. If the point needs to be driven home that a change in leadership can immediately have an impact on your program, yes. If that if that matters, yes, you can just look right there. Steiner, Dresser, I mean Fresno State getting an All-American in year two of their not just like year two of their era, of the program's existence. I know it existed many years ago, but by but for all intents and purposes, for the program's existence, it's yeah. one thing for a dresser to come in and you get Willie Miklas, a three-time All-American, on the podium, mm -hmm. and Deegan, who's a recruit, and you already had a team. They didn't have a team. They're like, okay, well, we got to get some wrestlers, I guess. There's no one here because we didn't have a team two years ago. So they go from no team to team to a guy on the podium. They're getting good recruits. Yes, this is – they are – uh, Hey, they're going to be problems. They're going to be good. They're going to be – they're going to be good. I, I tell you what, it, it is the key thing. You know, California has one of the best states for wrestling in high, in high school. And, I mean, we said it a million times. The options are limited out there. You, ha you know, you have to be a brainiac to go to Stanford or Cal Poly. Right. Um, the only other one is Bakersfield. And, and the Fresno area, where it is, and – you can you can see both in the talent that they're getting in there and the coaching development. They're the two keys. The two keys to winning in college are getting talent in and developing. Them. And 
I'm telling you, like this Matty Olgin kid that's coming in, yeah, it's going to be an issue. Uh, and up and down the lineup, they're, they're coached well and they have talent. Love it. Um, yeah, fired up for them. That's a good place to leave off. Uh, so that's it. We'll call it a show. We're going to go now. We're going to get this thing up on the site as soon as possible. I don't know why I'm telling you that because you're already listening to it. You're not listening to it live because this was Flow Wrestling Radio tape delayed uh, for the first time ever. We thank you guys so much for listening. NHSCA's get started tomorrow. Willie had to get there early so you could get extra seafood, which is fine. I don't blame him. Uh, I would get to Virginia as soon as I possibly could as well. We'll be back Tuesday. I don't know what else to say. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks so much. Freestyle and, season. Oh, yeah. It's freestyle season. Cannot wait. A lot of Final X stuff coming. U.S. Open is not that far off, Willie. U.S. Open's coming soon. South Point. Get ready. Thanks so much. See you next time, guys. <laughs>